everyone, my name is Dustin Elliott and welcome back to another episode of the Better Questions Better Life podcast, formerly known as the Y2 podcast. Each week I try and answer a simple but important question, how can we ask better questions to live better lives? To do that, I bring you dedicated episodes where I break this question down into bite-sized, thought-provoking and tactical episodes really focused on helping you ask better questions, pulled from industry experts, science, philosophy, as well as my own observations and learnings. I also find and interview a range of industry-leading professionals who all depend on asking good questions in order to achieve their work. So from police detectives, journalists, scientists, medical professionals, qualitative researchers, data scientists, and many more to glean the lessons and techniques they use to successfully do their job and help us ask better questions. As always, I want to take a quick minute and thank the Better Questions, Better Life podcast sponsor, YZ. YZ is an easy-to-use online training software that makes it so simple to create and deliver online learning. The YZ platform is very flexible and you can use it to automate a whole range of tasks in your business from managing all of your employee training, training customers and partners in your products, tracking licenses and qualifications of your staff, creating and selling online courses, capturing more leads with free online courses and so much more. So if any of that sounds even remotely interesting, then I really suggest you jump over to their website at yz.com, that's w-y-z-e-d.com, to check out some videos and even get started with your own 14-day free trial. Remember, if you like these episodes and you want to hear more and you haven't done already, make sure you hit that subscribe button to the Better Questions, Better Life podcast, wherever you find your podcast. The button ain't going to hit itself, so make sure you do that if you like it. And as you hear on every other podcast out there, we love if you can leave us a five-star review if you haven't already. Of course, you can jump over to the website at betterquestionsbetterlife.co where you can find links, resources, soon to be a blog, putting together some really cool projects as well at the moment uh, to help you ask better questions outside of the podcast and all that other good stuff. So make sure you check it out and stay tuned. Of course, you can always join in on the conversation on our Facebook page, Instagram, and the other social media handles. And you're going to find us at Better Questions Better Life. Uh, you can also follow along on social media media and because uh, if that if that uh, name's a little too long then we're going to try and dominate the hashtag bqbl so hopefully we're going to blow that up with lots of really cool conversations and uh, again if you want to find us that would probably be the easiest way but with that being said though let's get right into it adam welcome to the y2 podcast thank you uh, very excited to have the opportunity to sit down with yourself and we've had a few conversations and every single time I come away having some brilliant new insights. I'm finally excited to have these microphones in front of us to be able to uh, finally record and get some of those gems out into the world. So <laughs> thank you so much for uh, for your time today. Not at all. Thanks. Uh, good to be involved. Yeah. So just to start us off with, uh, can you just start off to tell us a little bit about uh, what you do now and a little bit about your history as well too, just for context for listeners. Yeah. So I'm a consultant with Deloitte. Um, work in our human capital consulting business which basically means issues around HR or or, uh, or humans really um, a lot of people don't like the term human capital but uh, we'll run with it um, and a lot of that's uh, consulting and advisory to organizations externally um, uh, in fact the majority of that is around um, talent acquisition mm-hmm. so I've had about 20 years in the broader recruitment industry um, and helping organizations around how they build their future workforce so a lot of that these days, a lot of the big trends are around that human-centered design and a lot of the mm-hmm. macro trends we're seeing is around the importance of being sort of personalized and the individual journey mm-hmm. rather than the old school where the organization 
we're hiring you, you should want to come to us. So it's, uh, it's been a big shift, but certainly the contemporary guys are um, getting on board with making it more about uh, the people, which is good. Mm-hmm. Fantastic. Now, one of the things that I, I love about your career, and it's it's more me because I love HR, I love technology, and, and you, have, you spent a huge amount of time in this area and thinking about it, especially with the organizations you've worked with. And, and the first area I want to jump into is just can you talk us through a little bit about, and you work with clients or from your experience about how can we use technology to ask better questions? Yeah, this is a bit of a passion of mine. Um, as you know, I sort of did, a, did uh, a period with a tech startup in the broader sort of HR tech space. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the exciting thing for our industry, if we call it HR or recruiting or in fact more broadly, is the ability these days to put some more science and rigor behind what we're asking as an organization, mm-hmm. these questions. So. You know, we've relied in reality, if you look at the way we recruit, yeah, if I can selfishly look at MySpace, we're still using CVs and resumes and structured interview questions the same way we did for literally 50 years. Yeah. These days there's a lot more uh, sort of, uh, you can bucket them into assessment tools if you like and or, or criteria around how we're understanding what makes us tick as humans better, mm-hmm. how we're understanding what makes our organisation tick better mm-hmm. and there's a lot of macro things happening with you know organisations changing so rapidly and needing to more rapidly at the same time, um, but then really, if you think about it, it's like uh, it's like the the, the lovemaking uh, type uh, matching type stuff. It's yeah. it's which uh, which people fit best with our organisation, and uh, and me as an individual, where do I fit best? Mm-hmm. Um, so there's a lot of um, different technologies based on a lot of things, um, all sorts of weird and wonderful assessment criteria that are coming out, and you know, some are better than others, um, but a lot of data driven sort of stuff as well. And the exciting thing about that is is you're looking at that post hire or post promotion or post development activity what's the validity of what we did the mm. intervention whether we did I hire someone because I thought they'd be great in my organization and have good sales skills mm-hmm. can I prove it uh, and the the good thing about the technology and that whole spectrum of automation from simple robotics through the you know, AI uh, in inverted commas is um, is the ability to crunch a, a huge amount of data now mm-hmm. to look at well, what did work uh, and not just rear view mirror now, how do we now make that predictive? So um, for me, I think that's this twofold A, we finally get some more science and rigor in HR. Um, <laughs> yeah. Crassly speaking, I think it's overdue. Yeah. Uh, but B, it's kind of exciting from an organization and a, and a really personal individual point of view. Um, if we want to go and seek it as individuals, mm-hmm. we can get some more, more data around, well, how am I being assessed or asked questions of? But now more so as well, how am I asking questions? Yeah. Um, how do I know what I'd be good at if I'm an 18 year old kid coming out of school somewhere? Mm-hmm. I've got no idea, well what kind of makes me tick? Um, and I think there's more, yeah, a lot of freemium and just free to public sort of material out there now where you can at least start to have a bit more of a look at a mirror at a deeper level yeah. um, and then start to work that out. Yeah, I, I love that idea and I've always been a massive fan of this coming from, from HR as my, my, my background and, mm. and technology where um, I am and, and I have because I think technology is an amazing tool and even myself, I mean, the whole podcast is for me, it's a real dirt, deep personal note because I was asked the question when I was 20 one in university about what was I doing with my life right and in the sheer idiocy of my answer because I didn't know I was 21 I had I had no idea you, but yeah. exactly but I hadn't asked the right questions but I suppose on that for yourself just based on what you said because I'm sure there's many people listening from 18 to 40 to 50 <laughs> who were probably still trying to figure that answer out do you have suggestions on uh, some of those freemium or some of those some of those uh, tools that people can use to try to help start to 
personally answer that question? Yeah, I mean, there's, there's a lot out there. I mean, there's a, there's a few that are looking for a more neuroscience, um, you know, psychological sort of perspective. Mm-hmm. Others looking at other sort of data science matching. Um, you know, there's there's platforms out there that um, uh, there's a guy that formed the uh, the Life Be Unit movement in Australia many years gone by. Who's what, a, what was the name of it? Life Be Unit. Was okay. the, it's a, a, a construct that we had with the federal government trying to get Australians fitter in the 80s, basically. <laughs> um, so he's a social worker by trade. Uh, yeah, mid '80s, and uh, very, very, very clever guy called Dr. Colin Benjamin, and he's formed a whole assessment criteria on the way the brain thinks mm-hmm. or makes decisions. Uh, and in many instances, that's about how do we ask questions about anything. Yeah. Whether that's a marketing strategy, so he built a lot of the Roy Morgan color index stuff, mm-hmm. um, or how do we ask questions about um, our careers, or our um, partners, mm-hmm. social life, or, or anything else in in, uh, in life, and. Some of that's hardwiring, and some of that changes over time. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's loads and loads of different tools and platform out there uh, that you can you can look at at every different angle and whatever different career you might be thinking of. I think the first thing is to take the time to stop and ask questions, uh, and that could be as simple as you know, chatting to a mate, uh, you know, having a nice quiet drink or, or feed together somewhere, saying, "Hey, look, I'm thinking of doing X. Yeah, am I crazy?" Mm-hmm. Um, I had a great example I think I shared with you recently of a friend of mine had exactly that conversation and she had uh, looking at changing careers reasonably significantly and said look uh, I want to want to do X what do you think I said yeah why not but um, don't just go to your first option mm-hmm. yeah we, we talked about this I think last time but as humans I think if we challenge our own thinking and that's a philosophical content as well yeah. but if we challenge our own thinking then once we make a decision we feel like we've made a more informed decision, we're probably likely to stick at something better and do better at it. Mm-hmm. Whereas if we just jump into it because we panicked or we could, or it looks like such green grass at the time, and then we get six months in and times get tough, that's when we probably go, oh geez, maybe I, maybe I should have thought again or mm-hmm. maybe I should have known. Um, and that's, uh, you know, I think that's just the simple essence why you're doing this, I guess. Yeah, but, you know, yeah exactly. Even just asking questions yeah. at the first point or, or taking the time to be honest with ourselves yeah. uh, is often the first step. Well, I want to ask, though, too, how, how do we challenge ourselves um, through that? I mean, it can, be, it can be a very emotionally painful process. How, yeah. how do you recommend people go about that? Is there a framework or, or process that you, you see um, works? Yeah, look, I'm not overly educated in terms of, you know, what rigorous frameworks. I mean, mindfulness is everywhere these days mm-hmm. it's, a, it's a buzz but it's obviously great techniques um, you know I like the brutal honesty bit you know, I like <laughs> yeah. I grew up as a farm boy so sometimes you can spend you know, eight hours on a motorbike behind a mob of sheep at a time and, and you've got no one else to talk to but you yeah. <laughs> and sometimes that's actually really helpful to take a, a good hard look at number one yeah. um, but you know uh, if you take some of the one of my favourite contemporary philosophers is John Stuart Mill <laughs> and one yeah. of his tenets you know, you've not got a right to an opinion unless you've honestly and sincerely tried to challenge an opinion yeah. uh, I don't know why that resonated with me at, at uni days and I certainly don't do it all the time and I certainly get on my high horse sometimes and forget about your own yeah. learning but I think sometimes when you are stopping and, and thinking about something whether it's I do it in work quite a lot and you know, sometimes I get quoted by uh, some of my team getting sick of me saying it but if you're going down a path and you go okay we've got to do this and whatever it is and then you just stop and pause and you go well hang on let's let's try and think the reverse mm. either you get a bit more insight from you and your team or the people around you that you were just discussing it with or you get another one or two or three percent of your own version of the truth mm-hmm. and then you, at least you feel more comfortable to move on or sometimes you go actually geez glad we stopped because <laughs> we were going down probably only you know 60 percent of the the right direction here yeah um so i don't necessarily have a, a framework other than yeah, as I say, pause, 
you know, just be conscious of always being able to be challenged. Um, likewise, if you've got people that are too much like yourself in any decision-making process, yeah. go and take it at someone totally different Yeah. Um, for exactly that reason. And again, whether it gets you to a different answer or not kind of isn't necessarily important. Mm. It's the process of uh, the challenging, the self-challenging or the challenging the preconceived ideas or biases. Yeah. You mentioned those too. I want to kind of go down that a bit more. I mentioned the reverse. So when you say talk about the reverse, what does that, what does that mean? What does that look like? Um, so the reverse in terms of making decisions? Or? Yeah. You say when you look at it, the reverse to get that extra little bit or insight or that few percent. It's, it's actually trying to pretend to literally flip it. Yeah. So literally try and, try and challenge yourself to have the entire opposite opinion sometimes. Um, you know, and, and you could use the example of um, if we don't like a particular public speaker, you and I should probably attend that rally. Yeah. <laughs> just, just to yeah. go, you know what, she or he still is an absolute moron we don't like him. Yeah. That's okay. But we probably never will go out 100% going, I learned nothing. Uh, or if you've made a decision on a certain uh, path, so, you know, my world, this should be the right thing for the client. Just stop and take a breath and go, well, what, what about if we went the entire the opposite direction? What would that bring? Mm. Um, yeah, it's like some of the, the stories of what if a plane could fly upside down? Yeah. yeah the, the, and the, uh, the crew gets a better view of the ground. Okay, well, is that an advantage? Maybe not, but at least you went down that thought path. Yeah. I, I love this, though, and this is what I'm I'm really excited about, and I'm, I'm writing at the moment because, as you know, with the podcast, there will be these, ep- these interviews with professionals, but then I'll be sort of dissecting elements of it. Yeah. And a lot of the time, I think when people think of questions, we think about rapport, we think about literally the, the structure of the questions, but I think it's sort of an unsung hero that a lot of professions have done really well, which you've alluded to, is actual question frameworks. Yeah. So if we're going to go through a decision, and, and I love that even for ourselves to think, okay, I, I really love this decision, I might love this job, or I might love this path, I might love this person, I might love, I might really go on that, but our, our cognitive biases are so intertwined in us We've, and I've talked before with somebody and they said look understanding cognitive biases is half the battle yeah. but I think the other half then is like you said to have a deliberate strategy to then say gee we both really really like this thing let's maybe try to for the sake of the exercise to do the opposite let's yeah. pretend yeah. to to hate it and let's have that conversation so devil's advocate or a reverse kind of thing yeah. but it becomes a deliberate exercise to try to switch it around and even uh, what you said earlier too about you know having that brutally honest conversation with yourself even just uh, you know, like um, a previous guest talked about about part of his job was to allow people to put them into a box and that yeah. box was the the anti-ego kind of thing right I'm not I'm not talking about you anymore I'm talking about the, the box the sort of it's not you and allows you to sort of step outside yourself but having that sort of deliberate explicit like okay I'm going to now put myself into the box or yeah. whatever analogy yeah. or devil's advocate yeah. or the reverse kind of thing or the third party type thing yeah exactly yeah. exactly because often if I talked to uh, you know, a good mate of mine recently in, in our profession was talking about uh, what else he was going to do next and I, I could tell that he kind of knew what he what mm. he already knew and he was second guessing himself because it was tough and out of work and I said okay let's let's pretend that you were advising you instead yeah so put put, put yourself aside Scott, uh, and what would you tell yourself? And he knew he knew the answer, or he knew, but he kind of was stuck so much in you know, the emotion and the turmoil and the uh, upheaval and whatever else. And if we kind of feel like we are the victim that's happening to us, then we're right. If we kind of step outside it and take a more objective view, then we can also be right. Yeah. So it kind of, as you say, whether it's a box or detachment or anything else you want to do, um, it's probably another good technique, actually. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, it's funny too, as you say that. Um, I, 
I know this is something I've been super guilty of, and and, it, and I'm still really bad at it. But when you're having conversations, or oh, what should I do with this kind of thing, it's so easy just to say, "Here's what you need to do," and and I think we've all been there, but we realize the person they're they're listening, but they're probably not listening because it's for this external. How can you maybe ask them the question? What do you think you should do? Yeah, yeah. Why do you think yeah. you should do that? Yeah. And allow them to start to answer it themselves. Yeah. Right. Um, in that challenge. Yeah. And good coaches, good psychologists, good whatever else, you know, jump up on the couch, you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but but it's, it's, it's quite true. You've got to, uh, I think we feel much more uh, comfortable if we come to our own decisions. Yeah. Um, sometimes that can be difficult if you're hired as a professional as well. Mm. You know, it's, it's a really hard pitch sometimes to know when we go back and ask questions of a client in whatever line of work, but particularly you know, professional services mm-hmm. for me. Um, sometimes it's really positive because you want them to go on the journey of decision making. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's kind of like, well, we're paying you guys a lot of money. <laughs> you tell us <laughs> you the answer. Yeah, yeah. Come on, yeah. <laughs> um, and that's a pretty hard battle to pick sometimes. Yeah. yeah. Well, it does segue into something else I wanted to talk with you because sort of kind of combined with the first two things we've talked about. One of the I know the the I'll call it a gripe. Maybe that's not the right word for it. But one of the things we discussed is that yet in this day and age of technology and the internet. We as individuals and we as organizations still seem to ask really bad questions. And I know you've got a plethora of examples. But I suppose my question for you is, is why do you think we still do that? Yeah, it's a, it's a good question. Um, I think sometimes we ask questions when we we're looking for an answer. Mm-hmm. In which case, you know, you kind of argue that there's no point of having a question. It, it, sometimes a directive is, is equally as valid if that needs to be. It's kind of the way a lot of different things do work. and. If uh, you know if, you, if you're running away from a cyclone and the answer is run, then yeah. don't ask a question. The answer is run. Right? Yeah. Um, I think sometimes also there's there's almost uh, an over politeness that has crept into us where we kind of think that we have to have this uh, nice sort of take to take to start with when we're meeting someone, and we don't particularly care, or we think that that's actually going to help break the ice, and sometimes it does. Um, but it doesn't necessarily respect someone else's different personality or style. Mm-hmm. Yeah, some people are really awkward with being asked too much and they don't really care about talking about yeah. personal life in the first conversation. Um, and the other times I think is, is don't be uncomfortable with silence. It's one of the you know, sort of most powerful negotiating tools, for example, but also uh, a lot of people are very comfortable with that as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but if it's talking about two organizations or two people trying to achieve the same outcome, then we, we often do ask a lot of very um, structured questions that aren't necessarily designed to really get to the, to the, to the crux of it. Mm-hmm. They're designed by some sort of textbook or technique yeah. that we've learned, which is great, but we're not really listening properly. Yeah. Uh, I think that's the key. It's, it's good question askers, um, probably a better listeners. Yeah, so I suppose, is that the remedy then to, to that, you think, just in terms of being better listeners, or is there something else that, that, that we can do? And I mean, as, as an example, um, I think that, and as I've gone through this process, and I, and I don't hold this over everybody, I still ask probably dumb questions and I'll, I'll have a revelation or somebody will call me out on a year and I'll be like, wow, that is a stupid question. But I think a lot of the times when we don't know what to do, we fall back on those sorts of things. Yeah. But I guess the, the question is, with all these tools and all these resources and, and whatnot, how do we sort of break through that to try to get at a deeper level or deeper meaning or something that... You know, we wouldn't necessarily have seen because of those default questions. Yeah, I think um, I think we've really got to look at what we're trying to achieve, as opposed to what we're trying to do, mm-hmm. and um, why we're trying to achieve it as well. Too, and why, yeah. absolutely, why yeah. we're trying to achieve it. So, you know, we're as humans, we're kind of hardwired sometimes to to make really dumb decisions. Yeah. Um, yeah there's some really interesting 
courses I did remember years gone by about you know if you and I both went to the casino right now and we saw that the roulette wheel had come up black 45 times in a row mm-hmm. we'd both go oh look let's put 10 bucks on red right we know in our brain that it is still 50% yeah. but for some reason we think it's got to come up red yeah um, so there's a lot of that uh, internal hardwiring is humans that we're not necessarily designed or evolved to have actually make good questions or make um, good decisions mm-hmm. um, and that's including if you look at all the emotional impacts and elements or whatever else so I guess sometimes it's also around you know that that heart versus mind sense the only reason we want to put it on red is because heart does yeah. oh we think this is going to come up but we know full well that, that that's not the case yeah um, and then sometimes I think the tools and science and technology and, and different pieces around it can actually be confusing so arguably we actually are getting asked so many more questions yeah. on a micro level every five or seven seconds of the day um, yeah, the brain gets kind of cluttered it's uh, it's hard sometimes to work out what is noise versus important mm-hmm. um, yeah, at a really basic level what's what's the fine line between communication on, on a on, at the most simplest level a conversation and spam mm-hmm. and everyone's got their probably that stance on that grey continuum and if you ask them a different time of the day or a different mood or a different stress level I'm sure it would move yeah um, sometimes we're asking questions in some of the most stressful situations I don't think about I'd be a very good uh, lawyer for example when you you know or, or defended <laughs> when, you, when you're under the pump um, yeah. Uh, so then we kind of cloud ourselves with other things that we might have told ourselves or prepared ourselves for and essentially goes on a different journey we're unprepared mm. um, whereas if we just stick to let's just keep it basic we're here we're talking about X we kind of should have a shared outcome with if it's a you know, negotiation or or if it's a conversation about stuff that we like doing um, great that should work rather than trying to get overly complicated yeah. in, you know, tools and frameworks and all the research that we did beforehand and cluttering our uh, our ability just to focus. Yeah, it becomes the analysis by paralysis kind of thing. Yeah, I think, right? yeah. yeah. And then it's uh, then if you include the you know, how many times you speak to someone and they and they make a decision and you both feel comfortable, and then they come back three days later and they've spoken to you know someone that you might not think is a good influence and they change their mind entirely. Yeah. And you can tell them the way they're telling you they kind of still know that's not what they want to do, but they've been convinced by their partner or manager or you know parents or family or friends that this is a different answer yeah and then they ignore their own answer well I mean I'm curious so so given your role in consulting as well too I I would imagine that this is a challenge because you're you're paid a lot of money you're 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 working on some high stakes deals how do you know when enough is enough yeah you don't Uh, (laughs) in fact the only way you can get closer to keep asking questions of the, of the right sort of people. Mm-hmm. You know, a client is never an individual and it's never just a group of individuals that you've identified in traditional. It's a living, moving, mm. political, uh, ego, sort of uh, personality, collective beast uh, and that will change and move in a second. Mm-hmm. So you might think you've got something locked down, you might think you've asked all the right people and then all of a sudden something comes from left field. Um, or, or you sort of, you know, if you're doing like a, a structured sort of problem solving, you think you've asked yourself enough questions around what's the right answer, or at least directionally, um, and then there's a new piece of information, mm-hmm. or, or their environment changes. Um, so, I think I think if you get to the point where you can test it and validate or challenge what your answer or hypothesis was, hypothesis is probably better, not, not necessarily the <laughs> yeah. correct or wrong. Yeah. And then if you can then test that hypothesis and go, you know what, that makes sense. Uh, run with that. I'm much more of the opinion, you know, get to 80% and make sure you're, you're then happy with it and the client's happy with yeah. it. If you've co 
developed that hypothesis at least or they've been involved and they're brought in um, yeah number one obviously then go on that journey if you find out that you are wrong longer term that's okay it's better trying to do that than getting to 90% accuracy yeah and spending another six months spinning your wheels and then everything's moved anyway yeah um, so yeah I think um, uh, again just testing it a little bit yeah this, this from my experience and, and probably if I'm speaking really frankly I know our good friend uh, Jason Price uh, who has called me out on this on the podcast and I'm so <laughs> thankful for it but I think from a lot of the time the, the problem that asking questions and, and what I want to champion in asking good questions can cause is this and I said this analysis by paralysis we don't know when a question when to ask enough when to ask enough questions or yeah. when to move forward and it becomes this almost if I just ask one more question if I just ask one more person and that can almost create complexity within itself I suppose from you at a professional level without being too specific are there certain cues that you look at or certain signs or certain things that you see as a project or as a team's developing to go okay guys we're gonna we're gonna come back and we're gonna test this, but we need to move on to the next step. We've we've asked enough. Is there certain things that you look for? Yeah, I mean, particularly if you're talk, talking with reasonably senior people in business, they they're busy, they haven't got a lot of time. Often, if you've got a, a high level sort of uh, problem or solution statement to whatever that might be with the client, there's a, a series or a set of hypotheses that come behind that that you might challenge and and you'll try and structure your presentation or even just discussion with them that, okay, this is one and this is what it's based on. When we drill down below that, this is why, this is how. Um, and then this is the next and you sort of go back up and come back down again to the, the sub-questions that you use to validate yeah. that thinking. Often a client will say, yep, I'm happy with that one. That makes sense. Just move on. Yeah. There's no point testing them again on that. If you've agreed and they've agreed, just accept it. Yeah. Right? Um, and then get onto the more contentious bits where either you've got something to learn from digging deeper mm. with them or vice versa, or a bit of both, that you need to actually articulate what your, you know, how you've come to that particular portion of the, the answer mm-hmm. statement. Um, and again, that's as simple as just reading for you know, their cues and, and the way they talk to you. Um, so under, understanding why they think that way and exploring that those yeah, underlying reasons. Yeah, and even behaviourally. You know, you, you'll, you'll know, it doesn't matter the personality type. If they're busy execs, they'll tell you in no uncertain terms, <laughs> move on. Yeah. If it's a uh, you know, young kid talking to you, just look for when they're turned off. Yeah. You know, or, the, or they don't seem to be getting anything out of it. Yeah. Um, yeah. You had a point of sort of diminishing returns yeah, and yeah, sort of then, going, then, I'm not getting as much information uh, out of it that I was before and then having a sort of yeah, mental point to yeah. go, okay, this is enough. Now it's time to move on to the next or, stage. Or flick it back, you know. Yeah. Again, just sometimes just pausing, saying, you know, where are we at with this? Don't don't be afraid to sort of just stop and and uh, and actually sort of redirect yourself rather than going on the the, the line of questioning that you had in mind mm-hmm. before that conversation or interview or whatever else might be. Um, or, or the other one that I, I think is quite useful is sort of then getting it to flick back about them. Mm-hmm. So sort of just bringing them back in line, saying, well, how would that play into your world? If they start talking, if they, if they dismiss it totally, well, they're probably not that engaged. Yeah. If they then say, yeah, look, I can see the way this would work or, or whatever else, then you know that you're probably on the right track and they get some value out of that. Mm. Um, or it's like when you're interviewing uh, in, in you know, the world of recruitment years ago, one of my favorite sort of questions is always to ask about a time when them, they as an individual sort of sat down and you know, maybe cracked a nice bottle of red or a, or a soda water or something mm-hmm. on the couch after a day's work and... and the question is always, tell me about when you've done that and you felt a sense of accomplishment or pride. Hmm. What was it? And then just get them talking because they don't like to talk about themselves, but the way they talk about what it is, and it could be small or big, it could be a year's piece of work, it could, might be a day or an incident in a day, but you kind of understand what makes them tick mm. and the way they talk about themselves and the way they talk about why it felt important to them, yeah. not, not gave them a nice 
bonus or ride but why it felt meaningful um, and I think in essence if you think about it that's kind of what you know, we're kind of looking for in a lot of aspects of life is what gives me a sense of meaning or accomplishment why the hell am I on the planet so yeah. you know yeah I think it's interesting too um, and that sort of comes back to something that resonates really deep with me is that feeling what 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 gave you that feeling yeah. and being able to go oh I, I like that I want more of that <laughs> and I think I think too often and this is probably more of a reflection of just me we try to intellectualize it a little bit more <laughs> instead of just going I felt good or oh that felt bad okay well how do I get more of the good and less of the bad and constantly like I, I think I spoke about this in a previous podcast is um, one of the questions I love to ask is how does that make me feel yeah and it's it's something I try to do more and more deliberately just to go how does it and trying to connect myself back with my emotions to go oh that, that made me feel really good gee if I do more of that I think that might move the needle of my my satisfaction, right? Yeah. But, but understanding that really deep intrinsic level, I think, is so powerful. Yeah, and and even I mean, obviously, the mindful sort of stuff. Um, if you have an extreme reaction to something good or bad or otherwise, even just pausing then and going, oh well, hang on, why do I why did I feel like that? Why yeah. did that put me off? Why was I uncomfortable? Why did that sudden you know, raise my anxiety or or why am I smiling so much? Um, mm-hmm. You know, or, or high fiving my next door neighbour or whatever it might be. Um, and I think if you took that to a, you know, rather than from an incident level to a, a bigger picture, sometimes it's, you know, as I say, it's all about the pausing and just taking a second going, well, you know, where am I at? What am I doing? Um, how often do you speak to people that are in a relationship or career or whatever else and they move and then you have a conversation with them afterwards again, they say, yeah, you know what, I, I probably knew three years ago. How did you not get yeah. in that three-year period to ask yourself one question? Yeah. Or did yeah. you? Or did you? Or did you choose not to because you knew the answer already yeah. and you were scared of the answer? Back to that brutally honest. Back to yeah, yeah. spot on. Yeah. 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 Um, and again, yeah, I'm <laughs> totally the same. I don't do it uh, all the time either. But um, uh, when I have done so, it's often uncomfortable in the first instance. Yeah. But I'm then get that. Oh, I'm actually a little bit proud of doing that as well. Yeah. You know, went to the gym at 5 a.m. when it was cold, but I still felt proud when I came back. Yeah. Kind of the same sort of uh, philosophy or, or same sort of feeling in a, you know, mental capacity when you go, okay, that's probably good. And I might have saved myself, you know, another two years in a dead end job, but wherever I wasn't happy or whatever it might be. Yeah. I, I think that's, I think that's so important. I think what you just said there, if I could just loop the Y2 podcast, I think, I think <laughs> that is, that is so critical in itself. Um, and, you know, I've seen this a lot and I think it sort of comes back to what we talked about earlier right when you're sitting down and people are asking you for career advice I think a lot of the times we potentially know the answer Mm. um, or we have an inkling of the answer but the role that I think that we can play and I mean we as people listening who maybe find themselves with somebody else in that scenario isn't necessarily tell them it but it's to help them ask that and help them to help the person you're talking to uncover that themselves or say it themselves yeah and help them come to the realization instead of us just giving our advice and just being another you know another bit of information that we yeah. can do much with yeah and you know i know there are people that are out there that are great at doing that and they they won't ever give you the answer and they'll soundboard and and that's great sometimes it sometimes a great question if you've got someone coming to you with that is do you know the answer yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's the let's enforce the brutal honesty. Yeah, um, and then yes or no. Okay, let's we're still happy to soundboard if you want. Yeah. yeah, what do you want to know, mate? Let's let's chat, toss this around. But uh, have you can reconcile within yourself already before you get to that point? Yeah, um, yeah, that's okay. Yeah, it's not necessarily a bad thing. Yeah, well, I mean, 
probably so often again I've, I've probably I've been guilty of this to be really honest again I've sat down with people and I'm really looking for the person just to give me the right answer right <laughs> I'm looking for that confirmation yeah, the bias the answer that I already had in mind that yeah, I wanted yeah, yeah exactly yeah. I like you man I mean, you give like, me this yeah. answer kind of thing right yeah, but, maybe you should have sought someone with a bit different opinion yeah, yeah exactly I had to go find somebody <laughs> yeah. who I disagree challenge with challenge me yeah. yeah exactly yeah. well I mean I suppose on that and keeping it on time as well I mean you, you do come from the recruitment background as well and I suppose just you personally as a as a high achieving uh, professional if I can whether it be personally or professionally are there certain questions that you have found really useful or really powerful um, that have served you well yeah I mean obviously the uh, as I said the, the, the favor that I developed that I gave before around as an interview question I still often use that if I'm interviewing for my own teams or, or I often talk to people about um, who, who are asking for advice or interviewing someone if they don't recruit much you know mm-hmm. what should I say and, and that for twofold it's 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 quite a personal thing so it kind of is the icebreaker all in one it is the you know it is the uh showing that you sort of care and that you're trying to understand them mm-hmm. uh, i think it cuts some of the you know some of the bs as well um <laughs> we do a lot of stuff for a lot of reasons and some of these you know, regulatory and compliance and all those sorts of things that we have to ask or can't ask and whatever else and that's that's all great um but i think if you can be a little bit vulnerable sometimes and drop your own ego a little bit and mm. then just get to well we're actually both here for the same reason yeah i need to work with you or um you know do stuff together um and you are kind of interested in working with us or me or whatever else so let's just you know get yeah. to the crux of it. Um, what do we need to do to do that well and sometimes that may be uh don't be afraid to hear an answer you don't like because they're probably the person you might need to hire most yeah uh, or need to work with most um but yeah some of the other sort of questions around um, if I take it from the individual side first, uh, as we talked about before, I think think ask why you're doing stuff and why you're looking at a new opportunity, whether that's work or otherwise or career or promotion. Mm-hmm. Um, what does it really mean to you? And then, you know, is it something that you've been sort of cajoled into by sometimes even just the stage of your career? You think that you've had three years as a manager somewhere, therefore you need to do something else. But really, you're pretty happy as a manager. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's okay too. Don't let others bully you into anything else. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, uh, if you understand the why at a deep level of what you're trying to do, then and you and you're not afraid to be a little bit sort of vulnerable or or, or drop your guard, so to speak. And that's to yourself in this particular thing as you're going through. It has this, to be or? to yourself first, but then even you know, I think um, I actually think vulnerability is a really good disarming tool. Mm-hmm. If you go to someone and I say, "Hey, Dustin." Look, mate, I've got to be honest. I'm struggling a bit at home on the on the home front, or whatever else. I, or, or I've uh, I've got this happening. Or I don't think I'm doing a good enough job. Um, you know, this is what I'm what sort of I'm looking for. How can you kind of go? Hey, look, you've been an absolute idiot. Off you go. Yeah. It's yeah. Uh, it's kind of taking away that angst before you even get there. Yeah. Um, I know a lot of people don't like that, so it probably doesn't suit most styles or a lot of other people's styles who are very sort of dictatorial or, or forthright or must be in control. Yeah. Yeah. Sure, Trump probably wouldn't like that too, uh, as an opening <laughs> statement. Um, but for me, I think it kind of suits my sort of personality style, and, and um, I've got no issue then if someone comes back brutally, because that's not the right path for me anyway. Yeah. But yeah, but you're right. It's a good question about if I hadn't reconciled myself first, am I prepared for a negative or a brutal or a response that I don't like? If I'm prepared for that, I'm okay with that. Then that's the answer very clearly. Is well, this isn't the right direction for me. Yeah, it becomes it answers the question back to you. Essentially, it, it does, that, oh, this yeah. just isn't for me. Yeah, and so it's answered the question instead of me trying to figure it out, kind of thing. Yeah, so, yeah. sometimes not the uh, you know the style of response, which can be no response. Yeah, that's a deafening, loud ring of an answer within itself. Yeah, um, 
but yeah, it's a good point. I think firstly, is you know, I think number one rule that I try to often play by is charge my own thinking. As I said, it's a it's a great philosophy that somehow stuck. Um, yeah, not always very good at it, but um, <laughs> it kind of has definitely helped in many regards. And sometimes it's been difficult. Like if I look yeah. at my career, there's probably far too more or far too many moves than what I would have liked. You know, if if I looked at it on paper, so to speak, although that's changing rapidly these days. Um, having said that, even some of the sort of bits where I've only been 12 months, I've learnt so much. Yeah. yeah. I've been the dumbest bloke in the room or the building, whatever else, and and then that sort of equipped me to take on another challenge or do something else that, or refine my direction a little bit because yeah. I did look a little bit east and then thought, actually, you know, that's not quite for me. I'll go a bit more west again um, or, 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 you know, whatever direction that may be in a career. Mm. Um, but, um, you know, others are very, very comfortable. You know, uh, the only other thing I'd say, if you are very comfortable and happy doing what you're doing and you don't need to ask yourself questions, fantastic. Yeah. Uh, as long as it's authentic. Yeah, authentic, yeah. Yeah. It can be a tricky place to come from. Yeah. But, yeah, no, uh, that's fair. Sometimes I don't think you have to ask questions all the time. Or, yeah. or, or to be clear about the objectives and just asking questions for the, asking questions' sake is counterproductive. Yeah, um, yeah. And, and to your point before, around, I think once you know and you're satisfied in your own mind, whether it's just a, a uh, introspective question or rhetorical or or asking a client or a workmate or a partner or anything else, once you get to the point that you think, yeah, we've kind of tested, we've we validated that, we're both comfortable with that answer, or I'm comfortable within myself yeah. with the answer, that's also great. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's, uh, I've, I've got lots of mates also who are 15 years in a job and very, very happy and we yeah, would hate the, the, the last 10 years that I've had, yeah. um, but they're just totally different people. Yeah. That's cool, but I, I've never sat back and gone, I don't think they've been true to themselves because I just know what they're like. They, they are very yeah. true to themselves. In fact, they're probably better than, than I am, just different styles of people. Yeah. I think, I think what really upsets me sometimes is where you know, I've had close family members uh, yeah, married and divorced and were, where they knew before they were married yeah. that that was the wrong thing yeah. and just to not listen to yourself kind of with this deafening noise in your ear I think is A, uh, you know, sometimes very destructive but B, um, you know, it doesn't get you anywhere. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, and even then too, you know, something that I've really got out of our conversation is is this idea that again that, that authenticity um, and that ability to put yourself in that scenario but also the frameworks it makes me think earlier about if you can put yourself in frameworks yeah. that might be the thing you need to start to break down those barriers to be yeah. like well I probably have that inkling beforehand maybe it's a little I'm too close to it I'm too vulnerable and too scared but how can I use these frameworks as a safe place to put me outside of that yeah. to maybe think a little bit more critically about that because yeah. um, again it's it's tough I mean I've, I've certainly put my hand up hand on heart and I've done some things that I knew the answer to that it wasn't the best or, or, or I shouldn't have been with that person but I've still done it and I think yeah. we've all done it but how do we learn how do we acknowledge that in ourselves and catch it and catch it and start to implement tools yeah. to stop to avoid that in the future or to get closer to you, you look at your jokes or you <clears throat> excuse me you think of some of the jokes around uh, if, you, if your mate comes to you and said oh if a mate of mine called Padam Talker <laughs> was doing something yeah, what, clearly you know what you're trying yeah. to say mate just, just come out with it yeah. you know um, it's a, obviously a, a, I sort of jest a bit it's an extreme but sometimes we kind of do project and think otherwise and we won't do it quite as blatantly but yeah. kind of been able to catch ourselves at that point 
is uh, is kind of important as well. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, Adam. This has been uh, fantastic, an absolute wealth of knowledge. I know that we could have we could have we could have an hour long conversation you forever. Yeah. Any one of these things, but <laughs> this has been fantastic. We'll have to do a round two again. I'd love to dive in just to just to recruitment itself. Something I know <laughs> most people cringe at, but uh, uh, you know, an amazing exercise in asking questions. But I suppose for people listening, where can they uh, where can they reach out to you? Where can they stay up to date and all the things that? Yeah, you're look, um, anyone on the on the podcast, obviously reach out. Um, you know, I'm reasonably. Um, active on LinkedIn and the like I'm not terribly active on other social media sites um, <laughs> probably just lazy uh, obviously uh, you know if it's it's related to something that you want to talk about more professionally then um, contact me here at Deloitte of course we there's a lot more smarter people than I am in the building to help with other pieces as well um, or, or through yourself or uh, or the like you know um, I don't just accept random invites on LinkedIn otherwise I'd have too many of them <laughs> yeah but um, but uh, give it context and uh, very happy to chat and chew anyone's ear off and born to death as well yeah absolutely look again so many things we could talk about today but I, I genuinely appreciate your time pleasure um, thank you so much I'll make sure I include the link uh, to to a little bit more about you um, on the show notes as well too so make sure people do check that out you've got some great blogs uh, that I've read as well sort of cycling around a little more around the professional side yeah uh, but certainly well worth uh, well worth a listen if you like what um, Adam's talking about here today but Adam thank you again so much for your time and pleasure uh, speak to you soon thanks very much Hey everyone, thank you so much again for listening to today's episode. Just remember, if you want to join in on the conversation, make sure you jump over to the social media handles. You're going to find us at Better Questions, Better Life on Facebook, Instagram, BQBL underscore on the Twitter. Of course, you can make sure you jump into the hashtag BQBL. Of course, you can check out our website at BetterQuestionsBetterLife.co. And I obviously, I want to take a quick minute again and thank our sponsor, YZ. Make sure you get started with your own 14-day free trial at yz.com. That's W-Y-Z-E-D.com. With that being said, speak to you next time.